to Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. My name is Demarcus Keller. Thank you, Demarcus. I'm 30 years old. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you sharing with the audience your story. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood, if you feel comfortable? I'm from Eden, North Carolina. Uh, I grew up with my grandma, really. My dad was in prison. My mom was out in the streets and stuff. Uh, I don't know, I guess... I ain't gonna say my childhood was good because it wasn't, but uh, it was from time to time it was, and most of the time it was rough. I don't know, when I got like 10 or 11, I, I just turned to the streets. I just stopped like just going home a lot. I just hung out in the streets. And then from there, it just, just went down here. I guess you could say I just got exposed to crime and drugs when I was young. I don't know, it led, it led to years of just being out there in the streets. Really well, nowhere to turn to. Well, let's talk about it because uh, I used to live in Riesel. And so I know a lot about Rockingham County. I went to Rockingham High School myself. It's a very rural area. And so it's not a lot yeah. of opportunities, especially for black people. I don't know, you know, if you dealt with racism. I didn't deal with it directly. It might have been indirectly, and I just didn't know um, because I went to majority all-white schools. I went to Monroe Elementary, and then I went to Rockingham Middle. And then I attended a little bit of Rockingham High, and then I just kind of quit school. But yeah, just speak on how it is to live in a rural area when you black and there's not several opportunities. We didn't, uh, where I'm from, it ain't a whole lot going on. It's, it's either you're going to be stuck in that town, you know, or find work and move away, or you're going to get involved with drugs and selling drugs and violence that come with street life. So, you know, I grew up, it was, you know, we used to run in crews and, you know, it was like packs. And you know, I went to Leakesville Elementary. Then I went to Douglas, and then I went to Holmes Middle School, and I went to Moorhead High School for a couple months, and then I dropped out, and then my grandma moved me to Madison. Which is where I attended McMichael for a couple months, and then I had just stopped going to school, so ninth grade education is the farthest I had made it. And I can relate to that, because uh, that's why I stopped going to school. Like, it's, it wasn't, yeah. I, don't feel, I don't feel like for people of color, it was... An environment that we it's could, yeah, excel if you, if you in. If you don't know how to get out of there, you're going to be stuck there for the rest of your life. It's just, it's just how it is in Eden and Reedsville and Rockingham. Period. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a recycling door. You're going to be going in and out of Wentworth, the county jail where we're from. And it's just a recycling door. Yeah, nothing I'm, changes there. Nothing. Nothing, and that's why a lot of people that I went to school with, which I'm sure it's the same thing with you, ended up on drugs. Like a lot of them, a lot of my close friends ended yeah. up strung out on drugs because yeah. they didn't leave that small city ever. Yeah, and that's how it's been, and that's how it look like it's gonna stay. And it is because there's no involvement for people of color in a rural county. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely can yeah. understand that. So that's basically what led you to incarceration because. Like we said, being in a rural county, there's not a lot of opportunities. There's not a lot of job opportunities for sure in Rockingham County for yeah. anybody, let alone anybody of color and young. And so that leads yeah, 
to being in the street, right? Yep. It's a racist town to me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just like, you know, it's, it's so small. Everybody know everybody. So if you do a crime, the whole town know about it before the end of the day. It's just how it is there. On top of it, you got people that you know telling on you because, you know, you're making a little bit more change yeah. than them or just because it's a small town, ain't nobody got nothing to do. So your friends really ain't your friends sometimes. They be the ones that's, that's snitching yeah. you out. It took me a long time to realize that. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it, it do. Right. So, I mean, yeah. you know, do you want to talk about why you incarcerated and, and what you felt like, what you... Yeah, we can. Well, go ahead and tell us what, what you uh, think you could have had to make it better. I, got, I just felt like if I had my dad in my life growing up, I would have probably turned out a little better because he, he was always willing to spend time with me. He got arrested and went to prison for like six years. So when he left, I was like nine years old. And when he came home, I was like 15. I didn't really have a lot of um, support. You know, my grandma was old and my mom was in the street. So then my aunt and uncle, like they would do stuff for me. But I don't know, I just felt like he was out of pity. I don't know. I don't really know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just felt like, you know, they just done it because, I don't know, maybe because my grandma told them to do something. Because they felt like they had to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I got arrested my first time in 2015, December 26th. Me and my cousin, well, I had robbed somebody earlier that day, and we went out partying afterwards. He didn't know anything about the robbery until I picked him up. I had robbed some white boys for some weed and money. And uh, me and this girl I used to mess with, and uh, we went and picked my cousin up later that night. It was on Christmas, the night of the robbery. It was December 25th, 2015. And uh robbed some white boys for some money, and I went and picked up my little cousin. And we were just riding around smoking, you know, doing drugs, doing pills and stuff. I uh, ended up going to meet my homeboys at the time, and we went to this party in Madison. And at the party... Like, as soon as I got in the party, there's no lie. Like, as soon as I got in the party, everybody was like, bro, tell me some weed. I know you are the white boy. So I'm looking at him. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, nah. They're like, everybody knows. So I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, I did. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. Right. So I'm telling people weed and shit. And I get a phone call from this dude. And he like, he like, hey, yo, this low come. I need an ounce. Come sipping it to me. So I'm, I'm so fucked up on cocaine and pills and weed and alcohol and shit. I'm like. I'm like, all right, I don't even know who I'm talking to on the other line, though. I don't even know this person. And they call me from a text behind them, but that's how fucked up I am at the time, so high. I don't even realize that it's a setup the whole time until I get to the setup. So me and my little cousin and the girl, we leave the party, and we go to the huddle house. And we get there, and we go behind the car wash. First, we pull in front of the store, and I call the number back. I'm like, bro, I'm here. He like, come he like, come behind the car wash. So now I'm like, damn, but I'm still so fucked up. I'm like, fuck it, you know, we strapped and shit. Fuck it, what's the, what's the worst thing that can happen? Right. Fuck it, what's the worst thing that can happen? That's all I'm thinking is like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, ain't nobody going to do nothing to me. Huh? I got a gun. That's all I'm thinking. We go behind the car wash. I get out of the car. I tell my little cousin to stay in the car. Because that's my, that's my little cousin. That's my uncle's son. That's my first cousin. So I'm like, look, bro, stay in the car. So I go to the car where... The dude is, I look inside the window, I see the same two damn white boys I robbed earlier. So I'm like, what the fuck? So now I back up. The dude gets out the car. He like, he like, what's up? I'm like, what up? Well, it ain't registering to me that it's a setup, but I feel it, but I ain't, you know, I ain't saying that. I'm just trying to get this money from him and go. And go, right. So 
He like, yeah, he like, where the money? He like me, he like, he like, where the weed at? I'm like, yeah, right here. It's supposed to be an ounce, but this how, you know, back then, this how, like, I'm like, fuck it. So it was on like 14 grams. So he put it on the scale, he like, this ain't no ounce. I'm like, shit. So by that time, he like, try this. He whipped out on me, shoot. <sighs> I don't know, I, just, I don't know to this day how he missed. Like, I swear to God, I don't know how I didn't get shot, because it was like, close as hell. Like, he could have reached out and grabbed me. That's how close we were to each other. And when he shot, I, like, ducked down. And then I hear another gunshot. Then I hear another gunshot. Then another gunshot. So I'm like, what the fuck? And I look back, and I see my little cousin. He didn't shot the dude. And the dude on the ground. And now me and my little cousin looking at each other. We like, what the fuck? Like, we don't know. We ain't never did nothing like this. So we like, what? Now the high is gone. Fuck the high. He's scared as hell, too. We like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? We looking at each other and shit. So... I looked down at the dude, he's shaking and shit. The two white boys, one of the white boys jumped in the driver's seat. They didn't left this dude. So I'm not trying to pick him up. So I looked at him and shit. I grabbed the gun he had. I don't know why I did that. I guess we wasn't thinking. We just, we, we were just in the moment. So I grabbed the gun that the dude got shot. I took it. And me and my little cousin run back to the car where the girl was at. We get in the car. She's screaming and shit. She all scared, freaked out. So I'm like, drive. And she like, I can't. I'm like, bitch, you better drive this fucking car. So she pulled off. We get on 220, the highway, we going back towards Madison and Eden. But she running off the road and shit. So I'm like, bitch, if you don't straighten this fucking wheel up, like, damn. Like, we, we just shot. Somebody got shot. Just drive right, you feel me? Right. So we get back to Eden, and my little cousin, he, like, drop him off. So I'm like, all right. So we drop him off. I don't know where he went that night. I don't know. He just took off running up the street in the shadows. I don't know where he went. So he took off running. So I'm scared as hell. I'm running around like, man, we going. Damn deal, man. We done fucked up. That's all I'm thinking. We done fucked up. So I go get a motel room to one of my homeboys' names. We get a hotel room, and I'm in there snorting powder and taking pills and shit, drinking like a motherfucker, smoking cigarettes. I didn't smoke so many cigarettes. I don't even think they doing nothing to me no more. <laughs> so the next morning, that night, the girl, me and the girl lay down. I'm so stressed out, I can't even sleep. I don't think she can either, because she keep crying. So the next morning... I called my homeboy. I'm like, bro, come pick me up. I'm like, I can't be in no room because, you know, in Rockingham County, it's so little. They're going to be looking at motel rooms. Oh, I'm you like, already know. Every motel room. They're going to be looking. Yeah, they're going to be looking everywhere. So I'm like, maybe they don't know we did it. That's all I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> we're going to get away with it. They don't know. So, like, two hours go by. I go to my homeboy house. I'm flicking through the channels. I see my damn picture on the fucking news. Me, the girl. I'm like, what the fuck up? So then they show three more pictures. It's my cousin and the two white boys. I'm like, oh my God. They got us on the news for first degree murder and robbery. I'm scared as hell. Man, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, man, we got to get life in prison. <laughs> so I'm on a run. I'm like, I ain't going to jail. They got to catch me. I ain't about to turn myself in. Fuck that. <laughs> so my little cousin called me. He like, he like, bro, I'm going to turn myself in. My mama going to get me a lawyer. I'm like, man, don't do that shit. Bro. I'm like, bro, we need to leave Eden, bro. We need to leave North Carolina. He like, where the hell are we going to go? I don't know, not the jail. That's all I'm thinking, not the jail. So mm-hmm. he's like, bro, I'm going to turn myself in. So he turned himself in. The two white boys are already in custody. So he was the next one to turn himself in. So then me and the girl, we going from like house to house. We've been out for like two days together. I'm getting tired of being with her because I feel like she's slowing me down. So we go to Stoneville. That's where she was from. She was from Stoneville. So I'm like, look, you can't go to your mama's house. Her mama, I don't even know to this day. I don't know how her mom knew because I threw the girl's cell phone. So I don't know how the girl, how the girl's mama knew that 
we was at this trailer up the street from her house. Like, we was literally, like, 40 feet up the street from her mom and dad's house. So, her mom come knocking on the door. I look out the window. I'm like, oh, shit, it's her mom. She's like, I got to see what you want. She's like, man, she's going to make you turn yourself in. She's like, no, she's not. This is my word. As soon as she left out the house and went to her mom and dad's house, some told me to look out the window, like, 10 minutes later. I seen so many detective calls. That was probably the most police calls I've ever seen in my life. So now I'm panicking. I'm panicking like a mom, bro. I'm like, man, this bitch about to tell on me. I know she's going to tell on me. So I didn't call my homeboy. I called my cousin. I didn't call him. I'm like, bro, come pick me up. So it seemed like he was already around because he was there so fast. So mm-hmm. I hopped in the car. When I hopped in the car, I'm like, bro, take me back to eat. So I didn't pull out a gun and shit. He's like, what the fuck is that? What you doing with that? I'm like, man, bro, hey, I'm not going to jail. Like, man, where the hell are you going then? You getting the hell out of my car because you talking crazy. So I'm like, man, drop me off in Virginia. So I didn't went to Virginia, to Logtown. I don't know if you ever heard of Logtown. Yeah, I know Logtown. I haven't been through there. Yeah, I, okay, I go to Logtown and shit. I got some niggas up there and shit. So I go to Logtown, I go to my nigga house. I'm staying with him for like, I, I got caught on, I, I turned myself in on the 29th, and that was like the last time I really seen the streets. And then I got out in 2020. And I stayed out 11 months, and I caught two robberies and five possession with offense on delivery charges. And I've been locked back up ever since. I go home next year, next August. Hey, Black Light listeners, this is a history fact right here. Black men coming in America in the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th century became central thread in the history of the United States. At once, a challenge to its democracy, always an important part of its economic history and social development. So that is your historical fact. What it is. Yeah, and uh, what led up to me robbing the people that I'm here for now, it was uh, like me and my little, my baby mama's little brother. I got two kids. I got a ten-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. Her little brother, my baby mama's little brother. I was hanging with him real heavy when I came home in 2020. And uh, I don't know why we did it. I, I don't even think he know why we did it, because it was stupid as hell. We didn't even need the money. I guess that's what you get for being greedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my boys wanted to buy some firearms, and um, they ended up not buying them. That's all, you know what I'm saying? It just it just went downhill. Like, they came, and, you know, they was, I just looked at them like prey, I guess. You know what I'm saying? They looked soft-ass white boys to me. And... Uh, and at the time, I just felt like the world owed me something because I'd done those five years and like all my so-called homeboys, and, you know, people that I was that I was down with before I caught that murder charge. Like I didn't done a lot of stuff with, you know, like you know what I mean. Just yeah. I thought we was brothers, and uh, like they didn't send me no money or write me or send me pictures or nothing. So I just felt like, like you know, like even it, it could have been them that I, I would have robbed them. That's that's to the point. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have no friends except my baby mama's little brother. Like. I didn't care about the people I had grew up with no more. Like, I didn't, because my best friend got killed in 2016. You know what I'm saying? They killed him. He, they, they shot him. And, uh, that just, it just put me in a dark state. Like, I just, I hated the, the niggas that was around him because they didn't do nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? I just mm-hmm. felt like that shit wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we was all best friends. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like they should have did something. So, that, I, I already hated them for that. And, it's just like when I used to see the dudes that I used to hang with, it used to just piss me off so bad because I'm like, these niggas, I thought these niggas was gangsters. Like, I thought these niggas was real, and they, they let somebody kill, bruh, and they didn't do shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't do nothing. 
Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So I hated them. I hated them niggas. So for the 11 months I was out, I got on. I got out March 24th. From that day my feet hit freedom, I just felt like the world owed me something. Like, I didn't want to get a job. I didn't want to do nothing. I would lie to my dad. You know, that's all I had was my dad and my grandma. And I would tell them, like, I'm going to get a job. But the whole time I was just selling drugs. You know, I had made me some money. I got me some thousands of dollars. I had like 15000 within like my third, fourth month out. So I felt like I was untouchable. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like nothing couldn't stop me. You know what I'm saying? The only mm-hmm. thing, because I had been to prison, so it was either death or prison. That was the only two motives with me. And I wasn't scared of that one of them. At least I thought any, anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just, I don't know, me being locked up this time, I learned that you gotta you can't be mad at nobody for what they choose to do. You know, exactly. So you gotta, you just gotta worry about yourself and your kids and stuff that's important to you. You can't, you can't worry about what people think or say about you. That used to be my biggest thing. I used to always care about what people said about me. Like it used to just bother me to the point to where something had happened. If you said something about me or thought something about me, I got to show you otherwise. But now, me being thirty and I've been in prison since I was twenty-two, I haven't got to celebrate none of my twenties on the street. I turned twenty-eight on the street January twelfth. And I was back locked up February 21st. So, you know, I've been locked up all my 20s. And I'm just, I just want to get something better going on in my life. But uh, So what do you plan to do different when you hit the street again? Uh, first, first I want to, I might I might go to Akron, Ohio with my dad. Because he, he got a good life going on up there. And I might go up there and uh, try to get a job where he work at and stuff. And just try to save some money up so I can get my own place. So I can have my kids come stay with me because I don't want to stay with like my grandma or my aunt and have my kids come over there like you know not all the time I I need to get out and get my life together the right way so I can have a place for them to come and be safe not a place for where like I got to worry about somebody shooting it up or you know some some dumb stuff right and you don't need to go back to Rockingham County period because like I said there's just no opportunities and so you know it's better opportunities in Akron, Ohio. The laws are just as crazy, but I mean, it's better opportunities. It's new people. You don't know nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's different. Give you a different outlook. I just gotta, like, I be, like, I just be like, want to be better. Like, I'm tired of just doing, like, the same thing. My dad always tells me, like, when you do the same thing, you're going to get the same outcome. And mm-hmm. I used to just think he was preaching to me all the time, like, to get a big supporter in my life. Like, no matter what I do, he always there. That's I'm his amazing. only child, you know, so I, I guess that's part of it. But he loves me a lot, too. So, like, it's just like I used to do stupid shit, like, you know, game banging and all that. Like, you know, I just done a lot of dumb shit in my life. And none of it means nothing because I don't have, I don't I don't see my kids. Like, you know, I talk to them, but it ain't the same as being there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. my daughter's 10 years old, and when I left the street the first time, she was three. So when I got out, she was seven. And... Well, she was a big girl, you know. She wasn't a little baby no more. She was seven years old, and my son was four, going on five. And I only been to one of his birthdays in his whole life. Like, because when I left, he was six months. The first time when I got locked up for that murder charge and shit, he was six months. And um, now he's seven, going on eight, and it's like I don't. To be real, I don't even know him. I don't know now one of them because I don't. I never really you been never in their life. Never been around him, right? So, but yeah, you always can. It makes me feel bad. When I say it, but, you know, I got time to make it up, I guess, when I get yep. out, as long as I stay out. You do. And uh, you can actually start daughter, building on it now. Yeah, like, we talk all the time. Me and my daughter talk all the time. She tell me about the stuff she likes and don't like and stuff like that. It just, 
some of the stuff made me smile, but then some of the stuff made me sad. Like, damn, I, I wish I could be there. Like, I never been, never watched her get on the school bus. Like, you know, I ain't never been there for her on my son's first day of school. Like, I ain't never got to experience none of that. Like, you know, I ain't never got to experience none of that stuff because I've been locked up. And, that, and it just eats it at me sometimes when I think about it, so I try not to think about it a lot. I don't know. When I get out this time, I want to get myself together. Then I want to find a girl, a girl that I can be happy with, not a girl that I got to, like, lie to and have multiple girls. I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to have one girl and tell her she's my girlfriend, but then I got seven other girlfriends. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that no more. I don't, because it's just too many lies. You got to keep lying and lying and lying and lying. I'm tired. I don't want to lie to no girls no more. I don't right. want to do that. And you, don't, don't you do wouldn't that. want your daughter to experience that either, because, you know, what you yeah. do to another woman and to come back to day, your daughter. Like, yeah, and I told her the other day, like, I don't want you to, like, be with guys in the streets. Like, you know, because, like, to me, we're losers. You know, now I see it, like, we ain't, we don't do nothing but a lot of women. You know, womanize them and tell them that we love them. And, you know what I'm saying? Because some women are good. Cause some women are good. Well, some women are bad, too. But some women are real good. And they get, they get you know, fucked over by dudes from the streets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They just get disrespected and shit. You know what I'm saying? And, um. I don't want that for my daughter, so I gotta, when I get out this time, I wanna find me one girl and be happy with her. Like, regardless of what she done did in her past and me, like, you know, we just happy with each other and that, that'll make me happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't wanna have one girl on this side of town, then I got five other girls in Draper, and then I got two in Reevesville. Like, I, I, I don't want, I don't wanna do that no more. Cause that, you get caught up. I, I don't know if I just suck at it. Or what? But every time I try that, I get caught up in the end. Listen, what you up. do in the dark always comes to the light. I don't care how good you are. You always you gonna slip up eventually. So yeah, it's it's too much. Yeah, I get caught. I get caught every time, and um, it's not good when you get caught because females don't like being played with, especially if they if they real. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I just I just gotta get get myself together. Like that's my biggest goal. Is like my first thirty days out. Like I never had an ID card. I never had a license. I ain't never had none of that stuff. Like I, like I never been in the liquor store and bought a bottle of liquor. Like I never done none of those none things. None of those things, right? Like, so huh? now, yes, yeah, so you you've never experienced that because you've been in and out of incarceration. So now, yeah, it's about like, focusing on you know because you don't want to be in your forties and fifties and still be incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? Because you've given yeah, the slave like master lame. all your life. Yeah, you don't want to get a slave master yeah, all your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's about changing your reaction. Like when you like how you say you don't like how people, you know, used to talk about you. It's about changing your reaction and understanding that a lot of things that you feel like you disrespected on, sometimes you just got to let it go. Like life ain't, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like that's why I just try to, I'm just trying to be better now. Like, you know, I, like I talk to your husband a lot about changing, like, you know, because he, 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 he a good dude, you know what I'm saying? He, he give me good advice, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of this shit that I be thinking important, it's not even important. Like, mm-hmm. none of it matters. Like, like I would never see half of these dudes again in my life. Right. Like, for real, like, that, that. even if I do go back to Eden, that's not from where I have. People don't even know where Eden is when I tell them where I'm from. <laughs> no, so, like, I'll be like, reasonable. they be like, where that's at? I'll be like, it's right above Virginia. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's right like, above Virginia. Yeah, that's what I'd be like. I'd be like, I'm from Eden. They'd be like, what the hell is that? I'd be like, shit, near Greensboro, Reesville, <laughs> Caswell. And they'd be like, oh, word. Like, I'll never see half of these dudes again. So I don't care what they think about me no more, what they say behind my back. I, none of that. As long as they don't come messing with me, I don't care. Right, you know as long as they don't put but, their uh, hands on you, yeah. Yeah. 
So like, I'm just trying to like be better. Like, you know, I'm trying to grow. You know, because I, I got kids and I, I just want them to have a good life, not the type of life I had. Like my mom, like the lights used to get cut off and the water and. It was just, it's, I just don't ever want my kids to go through that. And you know? see, I don't, whether I don't you know my... realize it or not, stuff like that still affects you as a child. Because as a child, you think, you know, you're supposed to have lights, running water, food. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you don't have that, it affects you a lot. Like, I remember nights, like, my mom, like, I'd be like, man, I go home. And she don't, she don't be there. Like, it just be me and my nephew, my sister's son. I'm 30. He's 29. His name is Raheem. And, like, we real close. And, like. My big sister, that's my big sister's son. And uh, I just remember, like, nights we would go home and me and him be looking for my mom or my sister. And we don't know where the hell they are, so we'd be stuck in the house like, hey, what we going to eat, bro? You feel me? And, and we might have, like, some bologna or something. We used to hate eating that shit all the time. So I just never want to be like my kids to be like that. Like, my nephew got a son named RJ. He's named after him. And I never, I never met him. I only seen him one time when he was born in 2020. And I got locked up, like, right after he was born, like, you know, I don't, I don't know him. It's just I gotta, I gotta change because prison it took a lot of my life away. Time that I can't get back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. But uh, I, I can make it up though in some type of way. You know, I just gotta stay free. That's the biggest thing. I gotta stay free. That's that's what's important. And, uh, Keep that in focus is staying free and not being under the slave masters because yeah. that's all prison is. is yeah, like slavery. I used to want to have the nicest car, the nicest clothes, and you know, like I didn't had a car, two cars, but I didn't have a license. You know, I didn't. I didn't have stuff. Right. But it didn't. None of the, none of the clothes and, and Jordans and jewelry. None of that. None of that shit means nothing because I don't have it now. Right. I don't have none of it. I had twenty girls when I got out in twenty twenty. I got one now, and I don't even know. I don't even care what she's doing. I barely call her. Like, you know, like I just. I don't know, man. Like I had a good baby mama when I was young. You know, I, me and my baby mama was in love. Like, I just, I just feel like if I would have changed back then, I still would have her. Stuff like that. But I just feel like God does everything for a reason. Maybe we wasn't meant to be together. Maybe, maybe we were just meant to have kids. You know, stuff like that. I don't know. But, well, I mean, uh, when you're young and you're going through stuff, that's not you don't understand love on that level to know, okay, well, this person, I'm, I'm meant to be with this person for the rest of my life. Because that was the same way with, with yeah. me and Jeff. Like, we dated as, as teenagers. And, you know, he had issues. And so we didn't make it. But we still stayed in connection when we could. But, I mean, you don't know that when you're yeah. younger. You know what I'm saying? You just think it's, oh, it's my yeah. boyfriend, my girlfriend, being 14, 15, 16 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I just, like, that's my biggest thing now. Though. I just I just got to stay free. And I got to focus on getting myself together. Like, I can't be worried about everything going on around me. Because, like, right now I'm missing a lot of stuff. I can't catch up. And just, like, that was, like, one of my biggest things in 2020. I wanted to catch up to what was going on. Then I had to realize when I got locked back up, I could never catch up, no matter how much money I made, because stuff can change. Like, when I left, some of these little people in my hood, these little niggas in my hood, they was they was kids. Like, they was still staying with their mom. When I came home in 2020, they driving. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, but, um, it was nice talking to you. I appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, it was very enlightening. And uh, thank you again for coming on. Okay, thank you. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.